When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and Final Furlong Podcast Owner's Morning on Saturday, April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the €150,000 purchase, Invincible Power, the most expensive horse Sunday have ever Boss. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk Welcome to the show. Yes, I'm aware that needs updating due to dates and all that, but the voiceover is currently being worked on as we speak. Uh, we have a special guest as we look back on the classic trials and get insight into the Derby and the Oaks markets, and that is the return of champion jockey Oshin Murphy. Oshin, welcome back to the Final Forum Podcast. Hi, Emmett. Thanks very much for having me. Thank uh, you. Looking forward to yeah, th- thank going you. through some exciting form. Thank you for taking the time to, to join us. It's great to get your insights. Um, look, it's all been talked to death, so the question that I've been asked the most is, how is Oshin? So how are you? I'm very well. Uh, the time is passing very quickly. I'm keeping busy. I've been riding out uh, at all different places and uh, doing lots of things I wouldn't have the opportunity to to normally do so and you're show jumping a lot aren't you i am yeah i've got a couple of horses with an irish uh, guy called richard howley who's based over here and actually it's amazing my childhood dreams to show jump kind of at international shows uh is now happening and um and i'm very lucky to have nice horses am i wrong about this or did you win an event recently uh i won a class set at a small uh, show in Spain and um, yeah that was very special but I'd like to uh, improve a little bit and um, my next big event will be Hickstead where I hope to do the speed derby on uh, on a horse called Medusa who who's had a few practice runs at it so hopefully that will all go well. I can see the headlines now Oshin Murphy wins derby despite... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, rings the wins the wrong derby. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, or or it'll probably if as you tweeted out in the racing post, uh, Luxembourg to have too much pace for a native river. What? <laughs> I know, I know. Oh dear, Oshin Murphy wins derby uh, with no context as to what it was. But um, no, I'm, it's good to hear you in good in good voice. It's good to hear you sounding in good form and. Um, Look, great to have your analysis of of the derby. Uh, obviously, the news came out that Luxembourg. Oh God, twenty to one. Oh, I know. Hey, look, that's what betting is. All right, you got to take your beatings when they come. Uh, so he's out, and then Aidan O'Brien just steamrolls every single derby trial, uh, including beating the hot pot New London, who had a very high regard beforehand. Uh, changing of the guard is bred by the Sangster family, and Chester was Robert Sangster's favourite race course. I actually have a picture of uh, a drawing of the minstrel, a painting, drawing? Painting of the minstrel <laughs> winning um, in the Sangster colours, and uh, it's it's a very special painting. It means a lot to me. Uh, he's... Uh, definitely read the biography of, of um, Robert Sangster if you haven't yet, by the way. It's absolutely brilliant. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's a fantastic fascinating insight it really is and um it just it goes to show you the development of coolmore and belly doyle and the, the, 
the battles they went used to go into, but also you know how the whole thing was was built. It's uh, it's fascinating. Horse trader, um, highly recommend that. So he ends up winning Changing of the Guard by six and a half lengths. Um, Aidan O'Brien had said on the Final Forum podcast that his two-year-olds for the second season in a row, he felt were sick last year and that he felt that as three-year-olds they would be a lot better. There's been this remarkable thing about Aidan O'Brien's horses in that they're taking a gigantic step, some of them, from first run to second. And Changing of the Guard yeah. came out, won at Dundalk, and this, I, I was quite confident about him. He came in for, on, on TalkSport 2, and that's on the record, uh, he came in for a massive amount of support before the off. How impressed were you with him in a race that Aidan O'Brien has dominated over the years? Yeah, really impressed. I mean, he is a gorgeous-looking horse. Um, he, His profile, obviously, last year was fine um, and was certainly in the picture to do very well at three, but... As you've kind of just confessed, all these Aidan O'Brien Derby trial horses have just come out and won. And um, and for me, uh, he ticks an awful lot of the boxes. I mean, uh, enough size and scope. Um, he looked very easy to ride. Uh, you know, Ryan put him in a good spot, didn't hang about. They went a very strong gallop, in in, in my opinion. And um, particularly for, for around there, you know, when, when there wasn't much... Um, contest for the lead and uh, and yeah he's put himself bang there I just you know like he he got beat three times at two and it's not often you see those type of horses who ran kind of mid 80 uh, ratings uh, come out and, and are top performers at three and yeah Aiden this year you know there's there's certainly a massive leap forward in these horses over the course of the winter yeah, and there's a number of those horses that fit that profile, that, and and that have now you know, Stone Age obviously will come to a little bit later on. Mm. Um, I know they thought an awful lot of them last year, but you know he's yeah. he's showed where they thought they were this good. Yeah, where they thought they were this good is is the question mark. I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Kevin Buckley had said to Racing TV that he he thought that he improved substantially since his win at Dundalk, and that they felt that he would appreciate the step up and trip. Um, mm. What did you make of, of the opposition? Like New London obviously had a, a, a massive uh, reputation going into the race and uh, he's just been yeah. blown to bits here. Well, I taught the world in New London and, uh, you know, no, Charlie Avery hasn't really released kind of how that horse has been since the race, but um, I, I wasn't sure if that was his optimum performance. You know, is he better than that? I, I thought he was and... Um, I expected him to travel around uh, much closer to changing the guard through the race. And he didn't really find up the straight. I didn't think there was any excuses. I thought, okay, he set off um, the eventual winner, Aiden Source, changing the guard. But he had every chance from the bottom of the straight and he didn't really hit the line. Uh, Baxter Rebel can be used as a form guide uh, but it wasn't a very deep field and I'd like to see New London again it's a shame he won't have an opportunity to have another race before the derby and it'll be interesting to see whether they still go in that direction Yeah, uh, and the derby is starting to cut up now quite quite dramatically as well but changing changing of the guard we're going to get your, your overall thoughts on the picture but clearly he, he rates very highly uh, so the next day comes along by the way, we should just make out that and uh, make it clear that Aidan O'Brien has dominated this race for the last fifteen years. I think it was when Kieran yeah. Fallon it coincided with when Kieran Fallon got involved at, at Bally Doyle and he suggested using Chester more and using York more and Aidan was very much up for that. Um Ruler of the World became the first Vaz winner to do the Derby double since the late great Shergar in 1981 and Wings of Eagles was beaten in this race for Aidan O'Brien and then went on to go and win the Derby and I kind of get a Wings of Eagles Serpentine vibe for this year's Derby so I'm intrigued to see what your thought process is as we go on but Star of India then comes out and wins the D stakes the next day sent off a very uh, short price favourite I think he was 9-4 to four the night before gets smashed into 6-4 to four and ends up winning by 2 and a quarter lengths um he clearly needed the run when fading behind Native Trail on, on reappearance. And he's, again, another one of these Aiden O'Brien horses who has just very much improved for his first run. 
Yeah, I don't think he's the biggest of horses and he kind of travelled in snatches, but my God, he let down up the straight. I think he'll probably improve for, for going a little bit further. Uh, I mean, it looked like he was just getting going at the line and he looks a very straightforward, uh, tough type. I love the way he gets his head down and gallops. Um, you know, he, he really has great use of his shoulder. Uh, again, I don't know if he is... The Derby winner, um, you know, for me personally, if Aidan O'Brien called and asked, or would you ride any of them in the race? Uh, you know, you'd obviously be delighted to be getting that phone call, but but um, I think we'll move on. In in my in my opinion, my my idea of the Derby winner we'll be chatting about in a few moments' time. I think. All right. Well, uh, let's head to Lingfield then, where the Ballydoyle dominance continues. Uh, this time, it's a Godolphin hot pot turned over by United Nations. Walk of Stars, who came into the race with a, a big reputation. Natural World had a big reputation, but wasn't entered for the Derby. Could have been supplemented. And Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore had different ideas. Anthony Van Dyke did the double. The late great Anthony Van Dyke. Uh, back in 2019, and uh, of course last year's Derby winner for Godolphin, Yubir, was beaten in this race before then going on. So Lingfield is a great stepping stone to, to Epsom. Uh, can you just Linkfield, explain why that is? Yeah. Lingfield is the most like uh, Epsom. I mean, it's actually not a very nice track on the turf for horses to race around. Uh, you know, you're up and downhill, and it's very sharp into the straight, and the majority of horses, it's much tighter than Epsom, obviously turning back into the straight. Well, there's nothing obvious because nobody will really walk that turf track at at Linkfield. But I can tell you now it's a, a hairpin turn, uh, runs steeply downhill before it levels off up the straight and it, it catches a lot of horses out. Uh, United Nations obviously bred for the job again. Um, Galileo and... You know, he was beaten at Epsom behind Nahani. Uh, I thought Nahani was a good benchmark, and and you know I'm guessing here, but I genuinely believe that they would that Godolphin would put Walker Stars a long way ahead of Nahani. So, mm. um, I still hope that Walker Stars goes to Epsom. Uh, I think he could be a similar type to Adair that he's just a bit backward and uh, still learning on the job. Uh, I thought he's a beautiful type, albeit he's he's quite tall. Um, he was obviously beaten first time out in Newmarket, but you know he won nicely at Nottingham, and then he won at New at Newbury in what I thought was a obviously a tiny field, but a deepish race. And I I really believe in the horse. So um, without knocking United Nations, I thought Ryan gave him a, a super ride, and uh, we've obviously seen with Anthony Van Dyke winning. The Epsom Derby afterwards, and um, you know this is a really good trial, but uh, but I wasn't sure his his form was was quite that strong at two, um, but again he could be another one that's just making a massive leap forward with every run, you know at at Epsom when he was behind the hand, he maybe he needed the run, uh, but he was well beaten by Caribus um at two in in you know what is always a a good race. I was second in the race, the autumn stakes and. He was a long way behind, but if he was sick, maybe that run was fine. Mm. You know, for for me, Walker Stars is right in the Derby picture, and I just hope they they go in that direction. I would normally be of the opinion that any horse that Aiden sends to the Classic Trial at Sandown or the Epsom Classic Trial basically just draw lines for them. But mm. the more I watched that United Nations run back, the more I just felt. Have you just gone there to get a cider? I'm not saying he was a non-trier. I'm just saying that yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, it's an educational ride. It's only his third ever start and it's his first run for 192 yeah. days. And it just seems like he's really benefited from that. And he'll have the experience of Epsom and now he has the experience of Lingfield as well, uh, which which can only help him. He's also got a beautiful pedigree out of a lemon drop kid mare by Galileo. Yeah, Christmas kid, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, that pedigree. I'm a big fan of Lemon Drop Kids. But Walk of Stars, I'm in agreement with you. I think he might be a little bit underestimated here because he clearly showed, like he wandered about a little bit. That doesn't bode well for Epsom, but he will have sure. the experience of that. Yeah, yeah. Look, and guys, I think what everyone really needs to uh, remember is Ryan Moore has been riding like a man possessed. There's, there's no one riding better uh in Europe at the moment, I mean his stats back that up, and he's leading the jockeys championship for good reason. He's probably leading the jockeys championship in Ireland as well, um, or, or definitely in the mix. So, uh, fair play to the man. 
Yeah, he's proven a lot of people wrong this season. I remember yeah. reading criticism of of Ryan Moore at Newmarket, and I was like, "Are you watching the same racing that I'm watching?" Um, I know. But anyway, look, it, it, it's there. And, and look, I haven't. It's not like I haven't criticized Ryan Moore in the past, but um, I'll, sure, sure. I'll praise someone when I think they've done great, and I'll well, criticize if I think yeah, they've yeah. done. But my goodness, Ryan Moore is is the star of the show this season. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of star of the show, uh, the Ballydoyle dominance of Derby Trials continues then with the old Darrenstown stud Derby Trial, which is now just the Derby Trial stakes, as Stone Age comes out. Now, he was very impressive on his seasonal reappearance, uh, but this was stepping up in class. He, there's no Pisba deal and there was no Buckaroo. It's two things that should be pointed out. Mm. Buckaroo had gone down the mile route and beat Wexford native uh, and so goes to the Irish 2000 guineas and Pisbadil Donica felt that just keeping him fresh for Epsom was interesting uh, was the right way to go but this was still a good race you had Atomic Jones you had French Acclaim in there and Stone Age has absolutely smashed them up yeah so Buckaroo uh, Joseph actually spoke to Sheikh Fad um, and uh, he's keen to just take his time with him he feels like Epsom particularly on fast ground um, isn't ideal for the horse and uh, I actually felt like you know in France last year when I rode him at saint Cloud, he was slowly away and I could never win the whole way around I felt like I left a group one behind me so uh, to see the horse just get beat first time out um, at Leopardstown was hard to take because I felt like he deserved to to be winning nice races but it was good to see him win at the Curr the other day in what wasn't a very strong race but it's great to get him back in track. Um, so that's Buckaroo, and I think he's a horse, you know, that I hope we'll be talking more about later on in the season. Um, with regards to Stone Age, I don't know how he got beat so many times at two. Uh, I know he was highly tried and stuff, um, but, you know, he, he encountered heavy ground, obviously, a long jump uh, behind Angel Blue, um, and then he, he ran a very good race behind El Bodegon. When I said earlier, I was in the same race on Buckaroo. Mm-hmm. Um, Juritz Mendizabel stole the race. He led and dictated the fractions and just perf- timed it perfectly. Um, and yeah, I was blown away by his performance at Leopardstown. I mean, Billy, Lou- Billy Lee and Paddy Toomey are great judges and, and obviously have a terrific strike rate. Paddy Toomey trains at, at, at you know, an incredible strike rate. I, I don't know exactly um, what his statistics are, but I mean, it's it's just out of this ridiculous. world. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And um, yeah, he's had seven winners in Ireland this year from 25 runners. So, and last year he trained at a 30% strike rate, the year before 22, 29. You know, that's very, very difficult in Ireland considering how competitive it is. And they thought their horse could be, you know, an Epsom candidate and, uh, and it was beaten a, a long way. So if we're taking that as a good form line for Stone Age, well, then he really is um, right up at the top of the pecking order. Um, I love his action. I, he galloped right through the line. Uh, Ryan didn't hang about. I felt like he was there to find out how good the horse was. And yeah, he was just um, very, very impressive. And and for me, he, he would be the one I want to ride in the race at this stage. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I, I obviously love Walker Stairs and I hope he'll improve plenty from the race. But that's in my opinion. And obviously, I haven't been riding uh, this year. That's kind of where I'd where I'd fit them in. Um, yeah, that's that's my feelings. So Stone Age, if the call came from Belly Doyle is the one you'd want to be on. Um, Aiden told the Racing Post today that he felt that it would be very difficult for Ryan to get off Stone Age. Um, yeah. Which makes sense. He's been sm- smashed from 14s with Kaluki into 5 to 2 is currently the, mm. the best price now that Luxembourg's out. Uh, changing of the guard is 5 to 1. Desert Crown we'll see in the Dante's 6s. Pisbadil 7s. Point Lonsdale, intriguingly, Aiden said, doesn't go for the Dante seemingly doesn't go for the Irish 2000 guineas either. He's another one in the in the Derby mix and if he if he if they choose to run him there, he just goes there straight straight away. Uh, then, yeah, yeah. then you've got Star of India, who's a, the same price as Point Lonsdale. They're both 10s. United Nations is 10s with Kaluki. Um, and as I said, we've had the the cutoff stage. So Temple of Artemis, uh, <laughs> Aidan O'Brien had five runners at Chester. All five won. Uh, that's... Yeah. If you, had, if you produce five winners at Chester, that's incredible. The fact that you just had five runners... 
Two of them in handicaps, by the way, and, and you have a hundred percent strike rate with the same jockey. That's insane. Uh, yeah. But intriguingly, Waterville and Bluegrass were left in as well, and Waterville was beaten in the uh, yeah. race. We'll, we'll talk about Water- later, later on. I, I thought he, yeah. he actually ran a fine race in the Dara Fitzpatrick Memorial, Captain Dara Fitzpatrick Memorial. I mean, I thought you ran a, a fine race behind Fumata uh, and Bluegrass. We're, we're going to see in the Dante that will be Aiden's only runner in the in the race. But I I do I'm not at all taken you on in terms of um, Stone Age. I I sort of have a, a short list of three in that I really like Pisbadil, I really like United Nations, and I'm very intrigued by changing of the guard, but I'm easily swayed. And I do get a feel of this could be a walk of stars, serpentine-style derby. This could be mm-hmm. ripe for an upset. Do you get that kind of feel as well, that perhaps the, like there's the... Is the group mile two or mile four race on Irish Guine- Guineas weekend? Something could emerge from that, from left field. Yeah. Something could emerge from the Dante that we haven't seen yet. I'm still not entirely sure that this picture is is complete. No, and hopefully it's not. It's always exciting when kind of new horses enter the picture. But uh, I hope for the race this year that like everyone is fixed on uh, a few horses and they dominate the top of the mark and they dominate the finish. You know. Um, I think that would be really good uh, if an outsider won the race. I don't think it's it's fantastic. Um, Everybody complains. You know, because, yeah, because people like to knock the the Epsom Derby, and really, I you know it's it's a race I dearly love to win, and uh, it it goes up as one of the most important races in the world. So um, I'd like to see a star, and I think Stone Age has certainly on his performance at Leopardstown. <clears throat> Uh, the weekend has put himself in that kind of category at the moment. There could be superstar, you know. Hard to disagree with you, my friend. And again, highly tried as a juvenile. They thought an awful lot of him, and he's now delivering on that. Um, the question is, Aiden talked about the tactics, even, and he said changing of the guard will probably go forward. Star of India, a little bit lazy, probably sitting behind Stone Age could go forward. Um, United Nations might sit in behind. But it was a lot of forces he was talking about that could go forward, and you're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, I know, I know. but also, he's not going to give too much away, and nor nor does he have to. Like he he's, no, th- he's no, not obliged no. to do that. No one else wants to give away their tactics beforehand. Um, yeah, yeah. So of a of a second choice, I I kind of have a feeling uh, I know where you're going, but uh, wh- wh- who would? It no, be? you don't. You'll be surprised. Oh. I like uh, Piz Badil. Yes. And, um, I'm I'm thrilled that there's so many different. Uh, owners represented at the kind of head of the Derby market at the moment. And I know a lot of them are connected to the O'Brien family, um, but uh, it's nice to see Peter Brandt's colours and, and the Niarchos family and, you know, Godolphin. Uh, maybe Coolmore will have a few representatives, uh, Derek Smith, Mr. Tabor, Mr. Smith and Mr. Magna, obviously, if they have horses in their own colours. But, you know, just leading towards the Dante side, so Hale's horse is obviously favourite. Um, their colours I love. I've won a group one in those. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's just nice. It really, they're all famous owners. Bjorn Nielsen has Magisterial, I won a maiden on. They're all famous owners. And for me, as like a child that used to watch flat racing and all the big races and dreamt about wearing these colours, it's nice to see them all with representatives in the top races. And, and this is, you know, before I ask it, the derby is the main focus. So, just to confirm, Buckaroo, you think, won't run? I don't think he'll run at the moment, particularly if the ground is, uh, you know, faster than good and, and on the quick side. I think uh, I think the more patient approach will be will be taken with him. Okay. Um, that is Ushin Murphy's thoughts on the derby. Um Probably best not to completely dismiss Walk of Stars. Uh, and I would very much take that on, on point as well on, on board. Uh, let's move to the the Phillies then. We'll start without Aidan O'Brien dominance. Uh, his dominance ended in the Oakstrell at Lingfields when Emily Dickinson was sent off a very short press favourite, beautifully bred. But Rogue Millennium is the horse who comes away with the win for Tom Clover and Jack Mitchell. Um, Jack is having a fantastic season. Uh, ben Curtis in behind on George Bowie, who's also having a fantastic season. Uh, Mystic Wells, only beating the head and making me do it, ran a massive race, I thought. Uh, just beating two and a quarter lengths. What did you make of the race overall? Uh, I thought it was a little bit messy. They walked and they sprinted up the straight. 
Um, on paper, there was a lot of fillies with low ratings, uh, but they're obviously, you know, bred to really improve from two to three, many of them. Um, I thought the winner was a beauty and very well bought. She was a cheap Dubawi uh, from a good family. And uh, I think well done to Billy Jackson Stops, who was involved in her purchase, along with her trainer, uh, Tom Cover. It was um, it was a good bit of, it was a shrewd bit of purchasing. Um, she has to go there with a, as good a chance as anything, you know. She's right in the picture. Um, I don't want to jump races too much, but um, but uh, I think she deserves to go there with a with a serious chance. And it, it's great for Jack Mitchell. I'd imagine he'll keep the ride, so you know he's going to uh, have something to really look forward to. And without being a smartass, um, Shadwell's fall. Um, and that's the only way to really describe it. They don't want you using the word, phrase dispersal. So Shadwell's culling of horses um, has resulted in this horse being picked up for 35k, as you said, on races as a two-year-old and is now on yeah. in two. So they're seriously considering supplementing her for the Oaks and I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, no, I'm sure, you know, uh, I'm sure she will, provided she's healthy, I'm sure that will happen now and, uh, and yeah, hopefully she... And again, she's you know, she's owned by owners who have lots of horses with with Tom Clover. I don't know exactly how many, but they definitely have more than a handful. And you know, they get to live the classic dream at Epsom. It, it really is fairy tale stuff for a horse to cost in, in racehorse turns not an awful lot. Yeah, big time. I mean, you're talking about horses. Literally, there was a horse who ran at the weekend who cost two point one million. Um, yeah, was yeah. was well held. And this horse comes out for 35k, dispersed by, by Shadwell, um, who tried to hang on to their best. And this one could now be a classic winner. It's, it's some story. It's like the Kentucky Derby story, claimed for 30k sure. and goes and wins the Kentucky Derby. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so uh, an O'Brien winner, but not an Aiden O'Brien winner. Uh, Aiden had to settle for second. Lily Pond, ridden by Colin Keane, who was on board when that horse won at Dundalk, was sent off favourite. But Tranquil Lady had way too much for a daughter of Australia out of a quite American mare. Um, these silks are becoming very popular now for Joseph O'Brien. Uh, Dylan Brown McGonagall, I thought, gave this horse a terrific ride. What was your assessment of the Blue Wind? Yeah, daughter of Australia. Um, I thought she got a very good ride, as you say, and she puts herself right in the picture. Uh, he's he's a good rider, and um, and I think you know he's getting chances in big races. Um, Joseph is very strong in the jockey ranks with Shane Cross and Declan McDonough and Dylan. Uh, you know, all there competing for the same rides, and um, and yeah, I don't know how what riding commitments will be like going forward. Obviously, these owners have done very well with uh, again not huge numbers. They had a very nice new bay horse with Roger Varian. They had a decent horse with Mark Johnson, and um, and they had this filly to look forward to. And look, she took a massive step forward on form. Uh, she won her maiden over seven. And uh, she's now won a group three over 10 by four then. So um, she's put herself bang in the Oaks picture. Yeah, big time. Um, she cruises through a racing really impressively too. Uh, I thought it was a very, very impressive performance. Um, it will be hard to resist Epsom, but apparently that isn't the Irish the, Oaks. The Irish Oaks is, is yeah. the plan, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what they decide to do. Um, yeah. But you'd imagine that, that it's going to be there. Um, back to Aidan O'Brien dominance. Beating his son, uh, Joseph. So above the curve was sent off a hot favourite in the Robert Sangster Memorial Weatherby's Bloodstock Cheshire Oaks. Yeah. Um, last time they met, Thoughts of June was just gone down by above, above the curve. But I thought Ryan Moore, this was the beginning of, of Ryan Moore being on fire. And uh, I thought he was deadly on, on Thoughts of June. And um, I didn't quite understand the, the, the difference in price considering... Thoughts of June looked to be in need of the run at, at Leopardstown. But anyway, uh, it is what it is. Uh, so she ends up winning by a neck. Above the curve has run very, very well. But what did you make of the race overall? Look, I was just a little bit surprised how close typewriter finished to them. Uh, don't get me wrong. She's a lovely filly. Um, but she's been highly tried in handicap company and stuff. And uh, she finished within four lengths of them and, and realistically uh, if you were to take her as a form line 
thought to June above the curve haven't ran to very high ratings. Um, I thought above the curve was slightly unlucky and she didn't jump super well and she had to come around them. Uh, Ryan was very clever in front. Uh, for me, above the curve is a big filly and she might not be very well suited by Epsom, but at the same time, she'd be strengthening up all the time and who knows, you know, she handled that cut in the ground really well. Um, actually, funnily enough, a, a lot of American pharaohs do handle juice in the ground. Mm. Thoughts of June stays very well and she's taken a huge step forward. She only broke her maiden at Chester, remember. She was a, she's, was a non-winner up until that. Um, an American family, she's bred by Margaret and uh, they know how to win big races. I I don't know if either of these fillies uh, can win the Oaks. Um, they possibly can, but just to jump forward a little bit, uh, if Tuesday is healthy after the 1,000 guineas, she'd be my, my pick. Yeah, so she goes to the Curra for the Irish 1,000 guineas and is going the same route as her sister, minding. Okay. That's, the, that's the plan. Okay. Um, Aiden yeah. was talking about the two week gap so that's what I was saying that I can't remember if it's a mile four or a mile two someone's screaming at their smart speaker right now going how do you not remember that Kennedy uh, there's <laughs> there's a pretty smart mile two mile four group race uh, at the Curra on Irish Guineas weekend and I wouldn't be shocked if something emerged from that race to then sure. turn up at the Derby but we'll, we'll see maybe it'll be Waterville uh, they might give him another yeah. run but um, yeah that's a a pretty comprehensive look at, at thoughts of June and above the curve. She looks like a chaser above the curve. She looks like a gigantic horse. Yeah, but she has the strength across her body to, to carry that height and, and bone. And uh, I, I look, maybe I'm making calls here, but I do think she's a good filly and I think she'll improve plenty from Chester. And if Joseph has a high opinion of her, then I would... Um, I would uh, have confidence in his judgment because he doesn't overrate them and he's a realist. So mm. uh, if she goes to Epsom, she'll be going there because he thinks she, she deserves to be there. So Tuesday, having finished third in the 1,000 guineas, is currently 7-2 with Kaluki, who go 4-1 to one about John and Teddy Gosden's Emily Upjohn. Life of Dreams is 15-2 to two with the Moonlight, another horse for Godolphin. Uh, they're both... 15-2, to 8-1. Concert Hall, whose form was obviously boosted um, by Tranquil Lady, um, having won at Navin first time out, and Aiden O'Brien first time out winner. Uh, so Concert Hall is 10s, <laughs> Tranquil Lady is the same price. Above the curve is 12, so they're not taking any chances there, and I don't blame Mikaluki. Uh, in Spiral, who we haven't seen yet, she, she won't team? go there. She can't, no, she surely, no. uh, but she's in there at 12s for those who want to. Um Thoughts of June has been given a, a 12 to 1 price. Um, history, I think, is more of a miler than anything else. She won the weekend. We'll talk about her in a little bit. And uh, Toy, who has been highly talked about, but is probably heading to France. She's 25. Who, it, it's for you, it's probably mostly about Tuesday then. Is that, that correct? Yeah. Yeah. If if I had the phone call to write her, I would be absolutely delighted. I mean, uh, funnily enough, she's actually closely related to Magisterial, who's in the. Dante, uh, Tuesday's Dam, and Magisterial's Dam. Uh, Magisterial's Dam is the Dam of Tuesday's Dam. Um, so sorry to be confusing there. Hoity Toity is the Dam. Hoity Toity is the mother of Magisterial, and Hoity Toity is the mother of Lily Langtry. Uh, so they're obviously closely related. And um, wouldn't it be amazing if, if uh, they were both lining up at the same weekend? But anyway. Um, She's my standout for the Oaks, and uh, I'm no doubt she'll stay, and she should improve a ton from the Guineas, both with experience and going up in distance. It's also quite remarkable if she manages just to win the Irish 1000 Guineas, never mind the Oaks, because that means she'll be following the footsteps of her full sister, Empress Josephine, last year, and Minding. Yeah. Like that yeah, would she, I be think, remarkable. Yeah, it would. It would. Look, Minding obviously got beaten the Irish Guineas by Jets. Oh, apologies, apologies. Yeah, there's, yeah. So she won the 1000 um, Guineas, gets beaten in the Irish 1000 Guineas, but then goes on and wins the Oaks. Yeah, yeah. So look, we all remember how special Minding was. But um, but the Oaks picture is, is still very open, and no Philly is coming into the races like a talking horse really and you know I think let it be like that for the next few weeks and we can we can start getting excited then. Absolutely. And we will bring you live coverage of the Musador with me presenting for
separately this week uh, on TalkSport 2, along with the Dante meeting itself at York. Uh, every major race live on TalkSport 2, some big interviews as well. Um, we'll switch it up and uh, talk about the Tote Plus Chester Cup. This was the culmination of five runners, five winners. I think he was entered in the Ormond Stakes as well, but they elected to go down the handicap route with him. And boy, was that a great choice. Uh, Aiden ha- doesn't have a whole lot missing from his CV, having won the French Derby for the first time last year with St. Mark's Basilica. <laughs> this was missing from his CV, no longer. Uh, Aiden O'Brien now has the Chester Cup on his CV as well with uh, Cleveland, who looks set to go on to bigger things. Yeah, maybe. Look, he, I thought he got a smashing ride. I remember his mother. Uh, Venus I, de Milo. Yeah, do come on, Um She used to hold her head quite high, but this fellow is very different. And for a Camelot, he seems to be quite broad and carries a lot of condition. Um, Camelot was the most beautiful specimen. If anyone wants to see what a resource should look like, it was him. Um, he clearly improved for the step up and trip. He got a perfect ride. He enjoyed that little bit of juice in the ground, as as I think his mother uh, used to. And um, I thought Andrew Balding's training performance at the second call train, he had a nasty injury and he brought him back slowly and he had a couple of disappointing runs on the all-weather. I thought that was just phenomenal, really. And I was gutted from my good friend, Rob, Rob Hornby, that he couldn't win at Chester Cup. But, um, but it, it could happen one day. All I can say is Ryan was fantastic on this horse. The trainer was incredibly clever, uh, stepping him up in trip by a mile and uh, taking advantage of his handicap mark. And um, and there we go. It was just uh, it was just very good placing. It really was. Um, they've talked about the Hardwick. He's definitely going to Royal Ascot. It's a question yeah, of whether or not I, they go for the Hardwick or the Gold Cup. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I think he needs to improve a fair bit. Uh, he beat handicappers, and I don't think it was the strongest of Chester Cubs, and Ryan alluded to that after the race. So, um, without knocking anything, I, the horse needs to improve plenty to to be featuring in, featuring in the hard work or the, or the Asker Gold Cup. And another example of an Edna Brown horse taking a massive step forward from first run to second, beaten by Lafayette. And comes out and wins the Chester Cup. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, what do you put that down to with Aiden? I don't really know. I mean, I've worked for him, and he is—he lives, breeds, and dreams the horses. Uh, and he's obviously a genius. And you know, he—I he, haven't won a Group One for him. I was second in two, one in Australia, and one in Ireland. And it'd be a dream come true to to win one because he's just. He obviously spends all his time thinking about it, but he, he's an amazing man, you know. Only a matter of time, my man. When you're back next year, you could be on an Aiden O'Brien fifth string and win a group one. <laughs> it's like, it's just ridiculous. Uh, we'll talk about the um, Bally Doyle, Godolphin, Coolmore versus Godolphin uh, relationship a little bit later on in, in the, the take. But um, uh, full credit to Adrian McGuinness, who beats the Aidan O'Brien stranglehold of, of uh, the last few weeks. Uh, Ivy League was sent off a red-hot favourite, but um, Pretreville, who was acquired from France relatively cheaply, uh, is a seven-year-old. They gelded him. He was a Group 2 winner and a Group 3 second. A Group 3 winner and a Group 2 second um, with good form, and this is probably his level. I think Ivy League is probably capable of, of better, but this was terrific for Adrian McGuinness and for Connections. Yeah, I mean, Adrian McGuinness is doing so well. Uh, we saw him with a sprinter in Dubai and Ronan Whelan's a good friend of mine and a really talented jockey and they have an amazing partnership. Um, they acquire a lot of uh, farm horses and some of them inexpensively and this Shamrock Turbids syndicate and I know they have some other partners but they've been very successful and yeah, it just seems to be a terrific team. I don't know what this horse cost him, but they placed him very well. He he was he ran out in Doha for them and picked up good prize money out there. Wasn't beaten very far, and they have minded him and his form's taken a massive step forward. You know, so I don't know how good this horse is. He's obviously had plenty of of racing. Uh, he's a Group Three winner for them now, and that's probably his level. But maybe he can he can improve another little bit. You know, he. He was a Group 3 winner in France before they got him. 
uh, Edo mentioned Goodwood, and I wasn't sure which race they're probably mentioning Goodwood, probably the seven furlong race that tends to be really hot. The likes of Space Blues has ran it before, and I remember years oh, ago yeah. when I first, yeah, I first started riding those good races. Um, they might have even upgraded it from a Group Three to a Group Two, the Lennox Stakes. You know, the, there's there's been a lot of good winners. Kinross won it, um, won it last year, and. It takes a bit of winning, so and the, and also the the draw is so important there. Um, so look, that looks like the horse's next target, and yeah, fair play to a to a team uh, like his getting involved, you know, over a period of time now in those big races with a selection of horses. Uh, you must applaud them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was originally trained by Jean-Claude Rouget, who picked him up for 100000 He was then switched to Pascal Barry, who tried to sell him in 2019 and he had to be withdrawn. They tried to get 240000 for him in 2020 and nobody was having that at the Arcana sales. So he comes to Tattersalls. He was sold for 95000 guineas. That's a steal yeah. in, 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 in the scheme of things in racing terms. That That is a real steal. I know he's seven, but they'll have a lot of fun with this guy. Yeah, and particularly if he's picking up group group race pots on on decent cards like that, like Irish racing at Leopardstown and Nace, and particularly on a Sunday, it's really nice there, and I I enjoyed it every time I've been over. So it's a good day out for owners, and if they can go on their travels now through the winter, what more do they want, you know? 100%. What did you make of Ivy League? This was his first attempt at group company. He was bidding for a hat-trick, and I think a little bit unlike... There's more not, to come. Yeah, I think there's an awful yeah. lot more to come. I'd say there's more to come than the winner. Yeah, yeah. The horse is on the improve. He's still lightly raced. He's bred to improve. You know, Galileo out of a fascinating rock mare. Uh, you think he'd stay a little bit further? Maybe he won't, but I'm guessing he might do. He um he didn't look like he was stopping at the line at Leopardstown, and uh, look, I don't really know what their plan is for him. Um, I suspect he he could go somewhere like the St James's Palace. Has Aiden given an update on him? He, he he's in that. He's in the St James's Palace stakes. He didn't mention him as part of his Derby team today. Intriguingly, yeah. he's in the Derby. He's also in the King Edward the Seventh and the Irish Derby. But the St James's Palace is the one that stands out more to me. Is yeah, and just looking at that race quickly, ask it's a long way away. But I don't imagine Caribus and Native Trail will meet again. No, that's uh, I think. I think the, yeah. he said that he doesn't want to do that. They'll keep them apart. Yeah, they look like two champions, and they're trying and avoid each other. So. Um, they might have the mild colds division between them, you know, particularly three year olds uh, for the for the time being. Mm, mm. Well, um, I have my thoughts on Native Trail. Caribus, very much respect. I'm wondering about Native Trail, but I could be easily proved wrong at the current and have egg all over my face. Um, I'll, I'll say <laughs> I'll say this: you were talking about Buckaroo. Uh, Wexford Native is twenties for the Irish two thousand guineas. Yeah, go have a few quid yeah, on Wexford Native. Uh, have have a few quid on Wexford. <laughs> Uh, Why not? The name is is lovely. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly for for Mister Bulger, certainly for Jim. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, have um, have a word with Kaluki and and see if they'll do better than than twenties for you. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, who knows? They might. Um, as part of the five winners, Temple of Artemis has been given quotes for the Derby. I'm not sure if he's quite up to that level, but he did win the Roofing Consultants Group handicap. Um, and another Aidan O'Brien horse taking a massive step forward. It's just extraordinary, really. I mean, we shouldn't be that surprised, but I don't often see uh, horses take such a step forward from two to three, you know? No, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I can't see him in the derby, but who knows? Uh, he is still entered for the race, and listen, if you like I said, it, it looks like a race that could produce a, a surprise to me. Um, the Group 3 Phillies race at Leopardstown, over a mile, uh, I was intrigued by this because History, who's out of a showcasing mare prize exhibit by Galileo, cost $2.8 million and won. Um, yeah. Was a little bit weak in the betting, but she's beaten a more experienced horse in Agatha. Uh, what did you make of her performance? Really good. Uh, I think Agatha isn't the tallest filly in the world, but she has very strong level of form and she runs her heart out every time. Uh, so I think you can 
you know, take her as a good phone line. And uh, I, I think a lot of history. I mean, she probably isn't on paper bred to stay very far, but she hit the line strong in that race. And maybe she will stay a mile and a quarter. But who knows what Aiden will do with her. You know, she might be a nice filly to go towards the coronation with. And, um, yeah, she's a serious animal uh, at the moment. Anyway, she did nothing wrong at two. It took her a couple of starts um, to break her maiden, but um, but uh, I I generally feel she ran to like one ten, one twelve. That's sort of mark uh, at the weekend, and that really she doesn't need to take a massive step forward to to be banged down the coronation. Yeah, I'd agree with you. By the way, she broke her maiden at my native Gorham Park, um, which tends to be a good guide, and uh, the fact that she was able to win first time out, being weak in the market, I think tells its own story she's in the irish 1000 guineas and kaluki have cut her to 13 to 2 so if she interests you as a horse to oppose tuesday you know it, it really is nice actually talking about these these big races coming up because uh you start getting excited and start realizing oh this could be a machine and that one isn't as good as it should be and it just the, the brain my little brain starts thinking, you know. <laughs> Your little brain. You're one of the best yeah, brains in flickers, racing, but I quite, I quite like flickers it. Into, flickers into, into motion, you know. Yeah, my, my hamster is running at full speed on the wheel right now. The <laughs> wheel's about to come off as, as I look at, at history's entries, like the Irish 1000 guineas. Like, these races are coming thick and fast. You've got the Irish 1000 guineas at the Curra on the weekend of my birthday. Uh, you've then got... Hint, hint, Curra. Uh, you've then got the, um, the Oaks... Uh, two weeks later, Royal Ascot. Two weeks after that, uh, where she's in the Ribblesdale and the Cor- Coronation. The Pretty Polly then comes at the end of the month on the twenty sixth of June, and then there's the Irish Oaks on the sixteenth of July. And that's one of the great things about flat racing is that it just keeps on come. It's not just the international feel. These heavy races, these these big weekends, keep on coming. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's it comes thick and fast, and. Uh, in Ireland, England, and France, and we really are spoiled when it comes to uh, top class entertainment. Big time. Uh, so, a multi million euro purchase, uh, Gulliver's Travels didn't quite uh, live up to expectations. He was a two million euro purchase, but hey, he was only having his first run. Um, Waterville, so I'm intrigued by the Racing Post analysis of this. Waterville is becoming frustrating, even after just two runs. It's two runs! <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, you can't start yeah. to judge a horse in the back of of two runs where he's finished third on debut and then second. And also, with all due respect to Ryan, he was given an awful lot to do. Um, Fumata got the job done for Jessica Harrington. Kate was there. The whole team was there. Terrific ride from Shane Foley. Um, I I wouldn't be awfully surprised if Waterville ends up being a lot better than we saw on the day. He cost a fair bit as well. Sure, look, uh, that true matter could be a smart horse, you know. He's yeah, absolutely. Down there. Um, Fast Met Rock's actually having a good few winners at the moment. And uh, look, there were some really well-bred horses in behind. I suppose Ryan needed to find out as well if this could be a derby horse. Um, and uh, he's probably found out that maybe he's not ready for that step quite yet, unless he can squeeze in another run uh, before the derby and uh, he did come from a long way back but in a maiden if he rode him up there and uh, and completely uncomplicated he might have won by two lengths but not really learned to hold pile and felt he was ready for Epson or maybe he wasn't do you know what I mean there's probably yeah. some thinking behind why he was ridden that way because they clearly think the horse will stay well if he's going a mile and a half in a maiden you know yeah, and particularly when so many of Aiden's horses, like Changing of the Guard and uh, United Nations and Stone Age, like they're up with the pace all the way. You can't keep doing that because when Aiden is, is saying uh, to the trade paper, well, he'll go forward, he'll go forward, he'll go forward, he'll sit in behind the paces. That's, you know, first of all, I love Aiden and uh, love yeah. talking to him. There's very few people who are as articulate as him uh, and passionate about their horses as, as him. But there's either going to be a massive amount of pace on uh, or they're going to have to change tactics on the day or jockeys are 
Donegal O'Brien had to go to Plan D in the Irish Derby when he won that a couple of years ago. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see how the whole thing pans out. But I wouldn't be surprised if Waterville turns up in that group race at the Curra on Irish Guineas weekend. Um, one for the future, as the Ballydale dominance continues. Little Big Bear was mentioned by Aidan O'Brien in a stable tour as a horse to keep an eye on. He ends up being beaten on debut, but made no mistake second time out. He looked a Royal Ascot prospect to me, but where for you? No, fuck. All speed. Yeah, yeah, all speed. And, uh, you know, his sire did it. And I just think it's the right race for him. He's a bit reminiscent of No Name Ever. I'm not saying that he's the bull that, <laughs> um, that his dad was, but he is a big brute of a horse. And there was a, a moment where you might have, if someone had taken the four to nine, they might have gone, oh, and he just hit sport mode and was it was game over. Um, yeah, it, it was really, really impressive, and they were quite keen to say afterwards. Like Shami Heffernan was was talking about him in, with uh, Gary O'Brien on Racing TV, and and he was saying he's a horse that he rides a, a good bit. He's always kept his kept his eye on him. He likes him an awful lot. Definitely thinks he's a Royal Ascot horse, and he was of the opinion it doesn't really matter which one he goes for, whether it's the Coventry or, or the Norfolk. But he was very much. T- Strange that Shamey would be tight-lipped and not give anything away. That's not un- that's not like Shamey at all. Um, yeah. As the sarcasm detector goes off, but uh, you know, th- look, he can't say a whole lot. I mean, there are other horses like Blackbeard and and others who, who could go down the Coventry route, but he did look a speedball. But he wasn't stopping at the line either. No, no, he looks a very good horse. But look, he could go Coventry, but um, the Norfolk is an important race, and uh, and. Six ask it takes a bit of getting as we know on that straight course. I could be very wrong, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an awful winner, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised either. Obviously we have to see the Wesley Ward battalion come over and Godolphin will surely have other horses to come along as well. Um quick word well, on I'll tell you I'll tell you the Coventry winner. Oh uh, talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh Noble style, um the King and Night of Earth Kit. Uh I've seen a couple of these horses um, already, and uh, for example, I've ridden the Kodiak of Amos. Um, I think he's a, a very nice horse, and I thought he had no excuse to ask us. Um, the Paul Cole horse, you know, has been galloping with older horses and kicking them into touch, so that's a pretty good form line. And um, okay, he was drawn a little bit, or ended up a little bit out in his own there, but he's been beaten a fair way, you know, by more than more than five lengths by um almost six lengths by the Charlie Appleby Kingman out of Verticate. So uh, I think if he goes stays healthy and takes his race well, I think he deserves to go ask it with a leading chance in the Coventry. And I know things change very quickly in these three year old races. You know, I won the race last year and I've been riding Andrew's two year old's work. Obviously he's had a handful of two year old winners so far. Actually Maybe Colts only two and uh, maybe three, but Hulgan won the same race. Um, Berkshire, uh, Shadow won at uh, Newbury, and he's obviously in the Coventry picture. But I was really taken by by the Kingman horse. So the Kingman horse, who's trained by Charlie Appleby, called Noble Style. That is your yeah. idea of the Coventry winner. Yeah, I love that. I should ask you just very briefly about the Sioux Nation that Andrew ran at Ascot. Um, yeah. Because I was kicking myself because Amy Lyman and I had just done a Bloodstock special where she was talking okay. about Sunation and Sunation has the he has the the numbers to be champion first season sire, um, yeah. but also he's producing winners and she was making that point. It's not just that he has the numbers; they're also winning. And Balding sure. Andrew threw this horse into uh, a race that was taking on experienced horses, and I think he was nines. And there I am on Talksport too after putting up something else, and I'm like. Oh, Lee. I actually said it on air. Like, I just did a Bloodstock special talking about Sioux Nations, and here's a Sioux Nation winning at Ascot. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a lovely little fella, and he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's thoroughly professional, and um, I just feel like the, the Godolphin horse has achieved a lot more uh, on his first start, but this fella should improve. He wasn't drilled leading up to that race, and his work has been good. Um, so let's see how much of a step forward he'll take. Okay. 
I'm very, very intrigued. Right. <laughs> very, very intrigued by that. Uh, one quick one for you before you go. Uh, I'm also intrigued by the fact that we're going to see Dragon Symbol back at the weekend. Obviously, uh, this was you proving your skill set, not just in the saddle, but off the saddle as well. Um, in the fact that you bought Dragon Symbol with your own money and, yeah. uh, and then <laughs> sold him um, to uh, his, his current owner. Uh, he's now subsequently been switched from Archie Watson to Roger Varian, whose horses are on fire, and yeah. he's going to make his debut, which I, I guess is a bit bittersweet for you to see him in action, knowing that he's a horse that you'd be riding. Uh, David Egan obviously will, will ride. He's going back to six furlongs. Um, look, he was very consistent last year. He came so, oh, so close. He did win a Group 1 and then had it cruelly stolen away from him. I still think <laughs> you should have kept that race uh, at, at Royal Ascot. Can't find too many to agree with this, but we're we're of that mindset. You were robbed, um, but second, second, third, fourth in Group One company, uh, just behind um, Romantic Proposal, has already come out and been very impressive. Uh, and um, then Ascot was just it was a long end of a long season. Uh, sure. Yeah. Do you know the thought process in switching him to Roger Varian? Yeah. Look, Roger's wife is Japanese, and he's owned by Japanese owners, so. Um, Mr. Kibota, uh, it, it made sense for him, you know. Um, Archie did a terrific job with the horse, and it was my fault he didn't keep that group on the basket. So, uh, look, he he is a top class animal. He's very, very easy to ride. Uh, he comes from the same place Native Trail came from, uh, Norman Williamson's, and um, and I hope he can get his group on this year. He deserves to be favoured on what he's achieved, and, and I think he's a big price at 130 in the uh, Clipper Logistic Duke of York Stakes and um, sponsored by Steve Parkin. And, uh, and yeah, I think he'll take some beating, you know. He's drawn four. Uh, Emiratiana is a natural front runner in seven. Um, Spycatcher will go forward as well in two. Highfield Princess will try and lead up in one. She She's fit and she won the last eight Newcastle. Um, plenty of pace to round him to get a toe into it. And, Thank you. Too good for them. I th- I agree with you. I think this is a great opportunity for him, and we will be covering it for you uh, on Talksport Two Wednesday at three o'clock. That race will be live on Talksport Two. Um, Bakil, by the way, was the name of the horse that we were talking about for Andrew Balding earlier on, uh, who won at Ascot by Sioux Nation and won quite easily as well uh, under Jack Mitchell. Who was your highlight over the last few days, Oshin? Um. I can't get that two-year-old out of my head. You know, it's always a year I love Gallup, or always this time of year I love riding to work and then seeing them run. And I had nothing to do with the Charlie Appleby King and Horse, but, um, but I think he's a superstar. I just loved the way he went through the race, quickened up and hit the line. And um, There's a lot more to happen before asking. You know, we have the uh, Arcana sale at Deauville this week, clashing at York on Thursday and Friday. And there's a few, I've ridden a lot of the horses going there and, you know, I'd love to have been able to buy some of them privately, um, but I wasn't able to do so. And I think we'll see uh, a few more stars come out before Ascot. Okay. Uh, and when you talk about the, the Charlie Appleby horse, you're talking about... Um, noble Style. Noble Style. Um, noble Star or Noble Star? It's Noble Star, isn't it? Style, I think. Just check. Uh, bear with us, folks. As we check this out in real time. Yeah, style. Noble style. Yeah. yeah. So he's the one. He's the one we got to follow. Charlie Appleby. Charlie Appleby with an exciting two-year-old? No. Uh, that's one of the, the things that I wanted to talk to you about is Coolmore versus Godolphin is is back. Uh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, Saeed is banging in winners as well, which is good to see. But this was, this has been a, a, a big battle for quite some time. And... Um, some people aren't exactly in love with it. I very much am. I uh, love it, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of harkens back to me getting into racing. Yeah, same uh, as me. Yeah, like yeah. Galileo against Fantastic Light. and, and Yeah, Frankie de Tori versus kind of... McKinnon. Yeah. Kieran Fallon, Johnny Murta, yeah. All those. So, it, yeah. like, to me, it, it is brilliant that these powerhouses are, are back at it again. Yeah. And that... It's not just that Godolphin are coming into the season with all of these really exciting two-year-olds that have 
now turned into storming three-year-olds. Like they've taken first blood in the 2000 guineas, but Aidan O'Brien has suddenly transformed two-year-olds that we think were sick, according to Aidan, and are now much, much better. So this is a an old-school rivalry. It's very much back on track, and... Um, There'll be blood. There'll be blood in the water. Let's just say they'll uh, they'll happily take each other on. Yeah. Um, okay. It's it's great for racing, in my opinion. Uh, you know, we talked about the derby picture and so many different owners being involved. That's also fantastic. But um, but it's exciting. It's nice. You're either on one team or the other. I'm obviously not on either team, but um, you know, I think both of them are super super setups and have amazing horses at their disposal and are so incredibly well managed and uh, you know they're so hard to compete with that's the bottom line I think Charlie has a lot of strength uh, in the middle distance uh, older horse department with Hurricane Lane and Adea and obviously the pair of, of three-year-old colts going a mile um, Caribus and Native Trail uh, Aiden probably has less strength in, in those um, older horses, you know, like four-year-olds. I can't really think of any that might be winning the King George, but I could be very wrong. High definition? Um, yeah, maybe, you know, but uh, probably <laughs> no, not. No, no. And, uh, and, you know, um, it's it's just great. And the two-year-old races that ask it give a chance for other people to get involved, the likes of Ammo Racing and Qatar have, will have a host of runners over the next kind of three weeks. Um, trying to look for some good ones to go in that direction and uh, so strong, so nice to see Cheadley Park and Judmont and people like that, you know, still with so many well-bred horses that um, will also be coming out over the next few weeks. So it's racing in Britain and Ireland in particular, I think is in a very strong place and we can complain all we like about, um, about prize money, but race attendances are, are you know super high and, uh, and me being a spectator, I'm really enjoying what we're watching at the moment. Uh, as you say that, one of the criticisms is too much racing, and I'd be very much one of, of those. So as you return next season, apparently yeah. 300 races will be gone. What's your take on that? Look, um, it, it doesn't, it's not going to affect me too much, is it? You know, um, if it's 300 races spread across uh, the whole year, then I'd, I'd say we'd hardly notice it. And, Yes, there is a lot of racing. I suppose it keeps a lot of a lot of people in business, and uh, and I'm in a privileged position. I ride for so many big stables and so many little stables as well, and and um, and there's fur and against, and uh, I just hope that the right decisions made, um, with the with the best interests of horse racing at heart. You know, if it's keeping. Uh, people in jobs and whatever I don't have an issue with it the bottom line is the, as we all know the bookmakers make all the money out of out of uh, racing and yep. um, unlike Japan and, and Hong Kong and Australia uh, so that probably won't change in my lifetime um, but if it were then you know, British and, and European racing uh, would be in a stronger position and, and that is where we are yeah, uh, the average field size is nine, which is pretty depressing when you think about it, given the amount yeah, of racing that there see, is in the I, UK. I don't, I, mean, I don't have an issue with an average field size of nine. You know, like if if you have eight horses in every race, well, then it's interesting enough. It's And even a three-horse race with three stars in it, like a King George, when an able run, it isn't a problem for me um, either. It's uh, it's just important that we, we maintain as many eight runner and above fields as we can for that each way money and to keep it interesting yeah and it's going to be interesting to see which races are being called as well and how they decide to to do this but there are those who are very much for it and there are those who are like describing it as a joke and and i'll tell you what we don't need we don't need to be uh cutting black type races uh well said for for us i think we're under prescribed if anything in in those um black type race department i know the phillies race at linkfield the chartered stakes seven furlongs um was contested by phillies uh, who weren't very high in the handicap and that's unfortunate but as a rule it's very difficult to get black type in in britain ireland and france yeah there's ten thousand races in the uk 
So well, there we go. I mean, will we know just three hundred grand? No, I don't think so. I think you. I think you nailed that at the start. Um, Oshin, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're uh, we're all piling into noble style. Um, who wanted Ascot over the weekend? So we're we're going to be keeping a very very close eye on that horse. And um, yeah, <laughs> uh, we have Stone Age for the Derby. Um, I'm still not. I'm still not. 100% convinced of that. I still get a feeling that there could be a shock in that race, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure getting your insight, and uh, it's great to hear you in good form as well. Um, so listen, thanks so much for joining us on the Final Forum Podcast. Thanks, Aaron. And a huge thanks to you for listening as well. Really hope you enjoyed the insights of Oshin Murphy. More special guests coming your way. More great insight on the show as well. Remember to hit that follow button on whatever podcast app it is you're listening. And if you like the show, share it on social media. Um, we don't ask for anything other than for that. And this is truly independent broadcasting as opposed to just bookmaker talking points stuff. So we got you, Oshin Murphy. And we're getting more special guests for you as well. Um, really hope you enjoy the show. Join us on Racing Live, TalkSport 2, Wednesday through Friday as we bring you the best races from New York. I'm in the presenter's chair for the week uh, in Philly McKenzie. And um, we'll have another final full podcast for you on Thursday as we preview the weekend's action. Until then, be safe, be well, look after yourself. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and Final Furlong Podcast Owners Morning on Saturday, April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the €150,000 purchase, Invincible Power, the most expensive horse Sunday have ever bought. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk.